Welcome to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K-Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems. My name is K-Mar, and I am here today with my co-host, D. Lee, and our guest host, Lynn Sherell. Today we're continuing to explore the focus on Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. And the everyday jewels are things that we tend to overlook because we think they're just ordinary in our daily lives. But if you stop and pay attention to them, they're really actually magnificent and extraordinary. Last week, we took a look at the jewel of light and how to polish the facets of light. Our attention today kind of is, uh, we're continuing the focus on light, but it's coming at it from a different direction. If you think about the inner light, which this phrase comes from Quakerism, or the Society of Friends, as it's also known, and it was first used in 1856. And what they meant by this phrase, inner light, they were talking about the divine presence that's in the soul of every person. And they took very literally the phrase that were made in the image of God in that this inner light is the presence of the divine in your soul. And it was considered a guiding force that helps to enlighten the person and guide the soul and encourage you to make ethical choices in your life and live a better life than if you did not have it. Another way to think of it comes from Albert Schweitzer. He said, at times our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. And so here he's saying that, you know, sometimes we lose that. Um, life just gets us down, we just get overwhelmed, and we can lose that, but with somebody else can come along and just with their support, their caring, their attention to us, their positive energy, they can rekindle our light. For many of us, life has become a frantic round of obligations and tasks, and it's easy to fall into autopilot and let life just kind of slip by and if you're running on autopilot um, another way I like to put it is if you're living your life in a rut you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over it can dim your inner light and you forget the connections that you have with yourself and, and with everyone around you and the way to wake up, to turn up the inner light, is to wake up, get on, get off the autopilot, and become an active participant in your life. If you don't like the direction your life is going, wake up, 
turn off the autopilot and start paying attention to your life. You have a choice of how you perceive the world. We've talked about the lenses, the different lenses of perception, and how you choose to see the world colors everything that you see. There's a quote from another man, Mike Littman, and this one actually is kind of scary at first when you think about it. He says, as you're reading this, your life's getting shorter. It's ticking away. I'm not saying this to frighten you or even scare you, though it may. I'm saying this to awaken you, to inspire you, to rise you out of your deep slumber, to know that you won't live forever to share your unique gifts, to ignite your inner fire, to ignite your inner great inner strength, to ignite your great inner light, to shine, brightly shine, to awaken your great inner beauty, to motivate yourself and others, to love yourself and others, to paint, to write, to teach, to innovate, to sing, to dance, to care, to feel to listen, to learn, to laugh. The clock's ticking. The world needs you. Make your move. And you know, when I read through this, it reminds me of that saying that's going around the internet. You may or may not have seen it yet, but it's something along the lines of live like our, what, what is it all? Maybe Lynn and Donna, you can help me, but part of it is love like you've never been hurt, dance like no one's looking. Just get out there, be yourself, and show your exuberant self to the world. Yeah, be your wild and untamed self. What are you going to do with your wild and untamed life? That's from Mary Oliver. And, you know, really, the difference between a rut and a grave is the depth, right? I mean, really. <laughs> like, let's get real. <laughs> so, and today is really, it's the youngest you will ever be right now in this moment. Youngest you will ever be for the rest of your life. So, you know, it's like, when we go on autopilot, you know, what does it really mean? Where does it, where does that really come from? And it, it means, literally, it means a system that flies a plane without human effort. And I have friends who are pilots. They laugh at the idea that a plane can really fly without human effort because takeoffs and landings are the ones that are really tricky, right? So, um, and remember back in the 70s, Airplane, the movie Airplane that was written by the Zuckerberg brothers, the Zucker brothers? Oh my gosh. Well, those guys went to the high school that was down the street from me. So, I mean, that was like a big deal oh, wow. in my community. Yeah, it was, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, and after that, everybody would walk around going, you know, it's a really bad day to give that up. <laughs> <laughs> and so really you know autopilot means different things depending on the type of plane too because the level of autopilot has to do with different degrees of aviation and they're um, referenced by terminology and the navigational system and personally i find it it's a little ironic that when a plane is shifted into the computer controlled autopilot any interactions by a human could create a miscommunication that happens and causes a crash. I think that's a little ironic, don't you? You know, it's like supposed mm -hmm. to keep us safe and, you know, humans touch it and it kind of goes sideways. But, you know, that's what, you know, it's part of it. We're messy. We're messy. But, you know, really when it comes to a human, when you have shifted into autopilot, it means that you're just going through the motions and you're not really alert or paying attention to whatever you're doing. And your mind is 
not on really whatever the routine thing that you're doing, whatever that is, but you're thinking elsewhere and your, your reactions have gotten more mechanical rather than really deliberately thought out. And every single person's been there. You know, really the, the, the real question is who's at the steering wheel of your life? And no, you know that this has happened. If you think about the last time that you got to wherever you were going and you couldn't remember how you got there. Have you ever done that? You get home and you're like, wow, did I have any stoplights? Like, you know, (laughs) you just think about it. It's like, you don't even know. So back in 2010, there was a study done of 2,200 plus people where they found that nearly 47% of the time people were on autopilot where their minds weren't focused on the task at hand. And when asked about the time their minds were not focused, the people said they usually did not feel very happy. And then another guy, Norman Farb at the University of Toronto was part of a study that was completed in 2007 and it was called Mindfulness Meditation Reveals Distinct Neural Modes of Self-Reference. Okay, which is kind in English, please. I know, right? <laughs> well, really, what they found was that there's two distinct ways of how people experience their moment-to-moment happenings around them. And so um, one way is as a default network of interaction, which does not take a lot of effort, and as a direct experience where the interaction with incoming information is active as it happens. So if a person is in the default mode and they take a moment to pause and take a deep breath, this will activate all their senses and it shifts them into having a direct experience with what's happening as it unfolds around them. So they found that when people made an effort to be more tuned in, they could make the switch easier from the default mode to the direct mode, which is, you know, I mean, that says a lot, right? Then there was another study by Kirk Brown who found that when people practice meditation and they practice being more present in the moment, it becomes more of a habit, which has been shown to have a positive effect on their minds, you know, when they're focused on the direct experience, as opposed to when they've shifted just into autopilot. As they practice, it becomes easier to be in that direct state more often. And with that in mind, the happier they find themselves, um, you know, the, the more happy that someone is, the more they're paying attention and relating to what's happening around them. I remember I read, um, I didn't read, I was hearing a, an interview with Pema Chodron. Have you ever, do you know who Pema Chodron is? Hmm. Oh, she's awesome. She uh, she was a regular American woman living her life, and then her husband one day decided to just up and leave their relationship, and she went, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And she found Buddhism. And so she is now a famous or, or infamous, you know, internationally known, well, not really infamous, but, you know, she's a Buddhist yes. teacher, and she's amazing because she has this great perspective on things. And she said, you know, the hardest thing in the world, she said, when you go in into, you know, to this kind of training, you, you know, one of the meditations, she was learning how to meditate, and they said, do not move. You know, if you have an itch, do not scratch it. And she was describing that all night long, all she wanted to do was scratch this itch on her leg or something. And she said it was just crazy. But once you pass through, there's like this eye of the needle moment. And then she said after that, she, it didn't matter anymore. She was just in a different space. And so, you know, when, when, as we move through the moments that make up our days, our awareness moves in and out of being engaged with the surroundings. You know, you either notice your itch or you pass through your itch. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's kind of like you just don't, or um, another teacher described to me, uh, because I've studied a lot of this, you know, and uh, Eckhart Tolle wrote, um, mm-hmm. he wrote, uh, you know, being a, the, the 
power of now. That's all yes. about being present. And I remember one teacher was like, you know, and I mean, these teachers, they're humans. They're living every day with us, right? They, they're not like they're floating around in some lotus cloud looking down on us or whatever. So, you know, this guy was describing, he's like, you know, I was all set to meditate. I finally got myself settled. And then the jackhammer started outside my window. <laughs> and he was like, what do I do with this? And he's like, I really have to get this. And so he decided to become one with the sound and then let it pass through him. And then he didn't notice it anymore. And he just meditated. And I'm like, oh man, I mean, it's like, it's really cool. You know, when we're on autopilot, we get distracted by thoughts and feelings and, you know, our interpretations and our mental, you know, turn, um, uh, whatever we're thinking becomes just, um, oh, it's like a little hamster wheel, right? We just, we're unaware and out of touch and we're just sort of wrapped up in our own little world. And, and when we're acting in autopilot mode, we could be doing a variety of things that don't require us to be totally engaged to get them done. But in this mode, we're also probably emotionally detached away from ourselves. And then we're actually susceptible to the moods or emotional gunk that's kind of floating around us and you know so then we pick up whatever is happening we're empathic and because you know we're not really present and so it's kind of like oh this you know crap person's crappy mood just floated by wow i feel really mad right now i don't know why like you know it just happens because we're in autopilot so it's better to be emotionally connected so you can respond to the experiences you're having both internally and remember how you got to where you are. Um, and some of the people I hang out with describe it as what you said, uh, waking up, wake up, be there, be here mm-hmm. now. You know, one of the most interesting mindfulness meditations that I've done was eating. You take a bite and instead of just, you know, like distracting yourself watching TV while you eat, reading a book, you know, whatever, you actually pay attention to the flavors and I heard uh, chew fifty times, chew one bite fifty times. Oh man, <laughs> that caught that taught me patience. <laughs> yeah, that that Come one on, is patience, really? but just paying attention to the different flavors that are in your mouth, and it it actually does slow you down when you're eating, and you get a lot more. You feel fuller, and you get a lot more enjoyment out of eating than if you just kind of scarf it on the run. Yeah, it's hard to talk. When you're chewing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some sounds come out that are kind of like, hmm, what are you doing? Yeah. What happens when we're completely focused and interacting with our direct experiences? That's that's what I really, um, you know, I'm I'm testing this out myself in in getting my habits shifted into being more in in the moment. And this is um, referred to as being in a complete mindfulness um, in the moment when we actually can direct our focus to a specific object or person. We can have a direct feeling connection to the present moment, which is, um, I think, very valuable and feels like a gift. We have an open and accepting attitude rather than an analyzing and judgment judging frame of mind so we can react and um, actually be a- able to interact. Mind- the actual um, mindfulness meditation can be cultivated in as little as 20 minutes a day. So someone that says they don't have enough time really um, should take a look at what moments they're spending because the tranquility and quiet space that this 
um, even for you know 20 minutes can make it so that the other moments in your day actually feel uh, longer than than the time that marches along. It would be helpful too to uh, do this so that you can have better feelings and it gives you, you more awareness of yourself so you actually feel better. Practicing mindful techniques during the day help benefit the levels of your sleep as well and can help reduce stress. When everything seems to be very important, which some of us that is all day, moment-to-moment um, moment is everything is important. It's very overwhelming. And as we pile this up and it gets toward the end of the day and you feel like you haven't done it, all of the things on your list, um, that can raise your you know, blood pressure, your stress th- thresholds. And if you uh, stop and just take notice and re- reset yourself, there's a lot of health benefits to that. You know, know, I want to interject here and say, build up to the 20 minutes because for a lot of our listeners, you say take 20 minutes out of their day and they're going, um, from where? But start out with eating. Just pay attention to the food that you're eating. What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What's the texture of it? When you step outside... Take a moment to breathe in. Notice the weather. What's going on around you? It doesn't have to be this sitting down, okay, now I'm going to be mindful for the next 20 minutes. It's easier to do this if you just make it part of your normal life. You get to a place where you can take a break in your job. Maybe you know, you have a position to where you get scheduled breaks. Maybe you're in a position where you have to try and remember to make your own breaks. But just to step back from your work, close your eyes, and breathe. Just well, You know what? One of my friends went to... Um what they would have at one time called a fat farm, you know, where she went to learn how to lose weight. And, uh-huh. you know, so I don't know what to call it. I mean, it's like that's the fastest way to reference it. But please know that I mean that in the kindest possible way. But um, they said, I mean, they bring in all these world-class experts and they talk about food and they talk about habits and they talk about mindset. And they talk about um, what you might encounter and uh, relationships. They talk about the whole nine yards. They said the number one thing to do for your health, for your wellness, for a healthy, optimal weight, isn't food, isn't exercise, isn't any of that. It's meditation. Meditation. Hmm. They said just meditate. And the other thing is that when people are carrying a little extra weight, a lot of times they're the ones who have the least nutrition in their body. They're actually undernourished and they're overworked. Uh, Really, the cure is to rest. Just rest. So it's not about going to work out and pound your body even harder. It's really about just taking care and having balance and meditating. Yeah. So, yeah. And on that note, we're going to go to a commercial break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's Hot Topics. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadiq to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Thank you for rejoining us with the Mighty Gems. Today we're focusing on the inner light. And when we paused for the commercial break, we were talking about being mindful and ways to rekindle your inner inner light when it gets overwhelmed by all that you have going on in your life. And sometimes it's hard to stop, remember to stop what you're doing and shift your focus. Here are some suggestions these aren't going to take away from what you're doing, but will actually help strengthen what you're doing and make your efforts have more of an effect. The first, and to me this is the biggest one, is breathing. Inhale. Pay attention to the inhale. Feel the air coming in your body. Then exhale. Let the breath go out. Be grateful that your lungs are breathing that your lungs are working, that you can breathe. Take that a step further. You're not just breathing. What happens when you're breathing? You're bringing oxygen into your body, something that your body desperately needs in order to stay alive moment to moment to moment. So what the breathing in, it just feel it give you energy and invigorate you. Your body works continuously to maintain a state of balance. And if you've done any studies at all in biology, you know that things like the body temperature for humans is so, the range of what is okay is so narrow. And there's other systems in the body where the range of what keeps us alive and healthy is so narrow, so we have to stay in balance. And our body does that automatically. And part of the way we can help is just to breathe. Another thing that you can do, if you're sitting down, 
Pay attention to how the chair is supporting you. If you're sitting on the floor, feel the support of the floor. If you're standing or walking, feel how your legs support you in staying upright and in helping you to move around. Sometimes if you focus on what is supporting you, it helps you to become more grounded. And this basically means that you're not scattered, that you're more centered in yourself. You can focus what you're wanting to do. You can pay closer attention to what you're wanting to do than if you're all scattered. Another thing to do is pay attention to what your senses are telling you. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you smell? Is there anything to taste? If you're outside and it's cold, how does the cold breeze feel on your cheeks? If you're standing still, I don't recommend doing this walking, but if you're standing still, close your eyes and just listen. What are all the different sounds that you hear? And one thing that I found interesting recently is we get so used to the background noises in our house that we think, you know, if the radio's not on, the TV's not on, it's quiet. But then maybe the power goes out, and so all of a sudden the hum of your refrigerator. Oh, that was my biggest pet peeve right there. The hum of the refrigerator. <laughs> the, oh, man. You know, the hum of the computers. All of a sudden, and then you go, okay, what do I hear? If you're in a city, you may still be hearing traffic. So pay attention. Pause and think. What am I hearing? What colors do you see? What are the details of the people? If you're in a place where you can see people walking by, what are the smells? Animals have incredible sense of smell. We talk about the dogs especially and the immense number of nerve receptors for smell that they have in their bodies as opposed to ours. Maybe if you're near an animal, sit down and watch them and then close your eyes and pretend, okay, now if I were a dog, what would I be smelling? I don't know if I want to know that. <laughs> you know, but it's... <laughs> they have 50 times the sense that we do for smell. I know, it's, so, it's really yeah. amazing. But even with our limited senses, what are you smelling? Francis Bacon said, begin doing what you want to do now. We are not living in eternity. We have only this moment, sparkling like a star in our hand, and melt melting like a snowflake. So really, the past is gone. The future isn't here yet. All we have is now. And by paying attention to what's going on in your now, by being mindful, this can help you keep your inner flame, your inner passion, your energy going. When you pay attention to what's happening around you now, focusing on your now, it can change both your internal and your external experiences. Your internal system is made up of your thoughts and your emotions. Your external system is made up of shared interactions with others. 
when you have the balance between the two, then it makes you feel better. Have you heard of earthing? Have you two heard of earthing? I've heard of it. It's pretty cool. There's a company that I just bought. Um, I just bought, bought an earthing sheet. And what it does is you put this earthing sheet on your bed and it helps to kind of pull out. It helps ground you when you're sleeping. It's so cool. And you well, can what get is, earthing. What, what, what is in this sheet that it makes it do this? Oh, I don't even know. I think there's a low grade of electrical energy, but um, it's a special fabric and you have to wash it a certain way. And then they also have pads that you would put under your feet, like when you're working on a computer and it just helps ground out your energy. Hmm. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. And it's not, I don't think it's very expensive for what you're getting. And especially for people that aren't, you know, if you're living in a, a really cold climate, you can't go outside in your bare foot and walk, you know, around. So, Having an earthing sheet helps have that sense. It just gives your body the relief. It just pulls off all that static noise. So it's amazing. People report sleeping better and everything. It's really hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check it out. Earthing. <laughs> so in that one up online. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the company is actually called that. But yeah, you know, it's like when you're open and aware of what's going on around you, it just it has an immediate effect on everything in your life. It, your the relationship you have with yourself and with other people. And for one, it's okay to express things like, "Well, I don't know," or "I made a mistake," because you don't have to be perfect or feel bad or feel like you should have controlled something that you really can't control. Control is such an illusion, anyway, really. And if something frustrating happened, let it go so you can just move on you know, move forward feeling lighter. It's almost like fail forward faster. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> just do it. So, and, you know, when you're more mindful and you verbalize your reactions from uh, a, a connected place and using conscious language, it's really respectful. And it, it causes the people around you to experience that. You literally can shift their perceptions by coming from that deeper place of awareness and consciousness. And one of the coolest quotes ever, which people may not, you know, recognize this, but it comes from Mahatma Gandhi who said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Love it. Love you know? Yeah. Like, and it's up to us as to who we let in, right? You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Jill Bolte-Taylor, I don't know, do you know who she is? She's a <gasps> neuroscientist. Oh, she, she's a brain scientist who had a stroke and, um, she started studying the brain because she had a family member that had a, uh, a brain injury or a brain uh, condition. Anyway, she ended up having a stroke. And when she was in it, she was like, wow, I study the brain. I can tell what's happening. And wow, my arm is blending into the wall. Like, I, you she know, I think I read her book. Mm -hmm. A Stroke of Insight is her book. Yes, I read yeah. the book. I didn't recognize her name, but I read the book. It's fascinating. Yeah, and she uh, basically, she says, people need to be responsible with their energy around her. And if you're not responsible with your energy around her, she does not welcome you in her world. So, you know, it's, and, and I mean, that's how it might sound really harsh, but boundaries, we all have to have our boundaries and we need to honor them. And, uh, you know, boundaries are about us from the inside out. We teach people how to treat us. And mm -hmm. so when you have a boundary, it's up to you to honor, to say, wait a minute, you just, there's a boundary there. You know, I would request that you do it like this, or, you know, please do that. You know, we have to set that up for ourselves to take care of ourselves. I just did this, um, Tw top 20 trends for um, conscious business for 2015 and one of them is the uh, it's called jomo the joy of missing out 
JOMO. And huh. with that, yeah, people like that. are, yeah, they're in overwhelm. Well, they're in oh, infobesity is what they call it. They're in overwhelm. There's just too much going on. And so they're saying no to stuff. They're finding their bliss by saying no and just setting boundaries. And, and so there's this whole return to self, you know, getting centered again. And when you do, you actually have more to offer to other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all about you know, clearing out your mind. Dr. Jim Stone has a simple five-step process, and he suggests that this is going to help um, clear mental clutter. So, you know, one of the things that we do for New Year's, uh, you know, we every year or every birthday or whatever it is that we want to do, every special occasion, the best thing that we can do is clear out clutter because you want to clear space. You know, what do you, if you wanted to go to the store and buy new jeans, what would you do if you had 15 pairs of jeans in your closet, right? You would, you have to get rid of something in order to bring something new in. So you want to clear clutter. And as a feng shui, you know, practitioner, I will just say clutter. Clutter is like the number one thing, you know, from a feng shui perspective, you want to get it handled. But mental clutter, you can you can do it by, uh, first of all, you can write. So just, you know, and physically write, not like digitally write on your computer, but really write with by hand with a pen or a pencil on a piece of paper and pay attention to how it feels in that moment, both with your environment and how your um, body feels. When, when you are connected to the feelings of support, you want to write down anything that your mind brings up and stop only when your mind stops. Uh, a lot of times you'll have a lot of like monkey mind and it's just going to go, you know, until you, you, it's like you have to, it's like a steam valve. You got to kind of, you know, get the top off and then, yeah. you know, the real deeper stuff can come up, right? And organize yourself. Oh man, I love to organize. I, I don't do it often enough, but when I do, I really do it. So, you know, one thing you could do is take down a piece, write down, take out a piece of paper and write down three columns um, with the first column to be done, the second column maybe later, and the third column delete. And you want to go through your list of everything that showed up in the first exercise and identify each of the items with one of these choices. And if it's a delete, just get rid of it. Jettison it, catapult it to the edge of the universe. You don't need it anymore. So, and if you're going to do it, then schedule it. Like literally put it on your calendar and just, and if it's a maybe later, you can put it in your parking lot for a little while, but you know, (laughs) in like 30 days you got to go back and see you know is it something you should do run over it yeah (laughs) yeah and you know and uh, if you want to delete something like maybe it's a thought form or a pattern or a belief or whatever if just put it on a little sticky note or something and when you write it on the sticky note you can note uh, put a reason why do you want actively want to delete this and then wad it up throw it away burn it put it in a shredder like be active about releasing that and then you know just from my own studies i've learned that you also want to replace that because now that you've created a void you also Mm -hmm. want to have a positive thought there you want to have you don't want it to be like just this wide open space so that whatever's wandering through your energy field at the time can just like chunk in there you know so you want to make sure that you're thinking a good thought it's like oh i've created space for you know a positive emotion or whatever you want to you want to put something intentionally in there um and then the the maybe later those are the ones that you might want to do in the future i did an exercise once it was illuminating i uh when i had my list of the maybe laters i put okay if i can wait for a year cross it off if i can wait six months cross it off three months cross it off one month cross. by the time i was done i had a list originally of like i don't know 50 things and i was 
like down to seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of stuff we think we need to do. I have a perpetual task list in my Outlook. It's hysterical. It's probably got 500 things on it now because I put the things that I think, oh, that'd be nice. Never get back to it. But at least I've noted it. I've noted it. I can always go back in case I'm ever bored. But, you know, it's not in my day-to-day world. So I'm not stressed. I don't have to think about it. And then um, the ones that really need to be done with focus, you just, you want to make sure that they are really aligned with what you're looking for and schedule them, get them, get them where you can reach them. So make it happen. And another way to do it is tolerations. If you're tolerating something, oh, you can't tolerate stuff. Tolerations aren't good. You know, they're, they're things that you're putting up with, like uh, the squeaky door, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, just oil the freaking door. It'll take you two seconds, right? <laughs> so, you know, but if you're tolerating something and if you're tolerating people, that, that's a good one. If you're tolerating relationships, you'll be like, oh, I guess I should go to lunch. It's been a while. You know, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh-uh. If you are tolerating relationships, it is it is time to let them go. It's a disservice. It's a disservice to them. It's a disservice to you. You each should, uh, you, you get to be adored and cherished wherever you're spending your time and whoever you're spending it with. And if it, does, it doesn't feel like that, and if you're not feeling like that towards someone, release it. Let it, you know, you don't want to tolerate your life. You want to just take a big juicy bite out of it and enjoy every bit of it. Well, and in that tolerance factor, too, um, we were trying something different. Um, actually walking around our home space um, with our eyes open. And that's very illuminating. <laughs> if, you, if you take the opportunity and, and say, okay, well, I'm in this room. What do I have as the way of, um, you know, the squeaky door? What, what do I need to fix it? Uh, what do I need to do to make space so I can walk through the room or whatever? And um, in that process, it was very interesting because not only did we look around, but we were able to move things pretty quick rather than just having them sit there thinking, okay, I need to go and have a big project to actually do something. It, It actually makes it faster to get rid of something when you're in your moment of awareness and it's easier to make a decision. We were doing this too because part of our gifting is, um, was looking at it from a time element, you know, time gifted time is so valuable that, um, some people don't really have a, an idea of that being a gift, but when you actually take the time and offer someone to spend a half an hour, how would, you know, how would they respond? And um, when I was having a conversation uh, with a friend um, about a week ago and his son had come home or his daughter had come home and she goes, I don't know what to do. I don't have any money. And he said, you know, it's very interesting because she could gift her time as part of her Christmas offering to help someone. And um, that has a whole sense of value, and people look at it differently. So it it really is a different perspective. And once you're aware and your moments are there, uh, rhyming here, but uh, (laughs) it's one of those that um, having your flame on really helps to see the the different things around you and on that note we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back join us in a few minutes
Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. We are talking uh, about inner flames in ourselves and others. And Joel Osteen said, We may get knocked down on the outside, but the key to living in victory is to learn how to get up on the inside. So how does one rejuvenate your inside? It's a a different kind of uh, process as opposed to going to the gym and pumping irons and walking around, running around. Um, It really comes back to some simple concepts of self-care. And um, one of the uh, icons that I uh, have been pondering, and maybe it's because spring is coming, you know, even in four, four months, I love this time of year. It's in preparation for spring and all of the expectation of colors and the beauty is, is how, to, how do you tend your garden? And I, w- I was brought up in a, a family that we had a, a, a family garden and did a lot of different tending, both inside and out. And this help, has helped me learn to have a balance in connecting my inner and outer connecting um, objects but it's one of those, uh, if you look around yourself and connect, how do you connect on the inside? If you are challenged by identifying your inside, if you're on autopilot, um, this comes back to the mindfulness and just letting it have a, an opportunity to have a, a quiet space around you. Uh, we really have to have that quiet at some point so that you can be coming aware and having a time for yourself to slow down. 
So when you ask yourself, you know, have a conversation with yourself. What does my physical body need? What does my mental body emotionally desire? And as you ask yourself these questions, it may not all show up at the same time, but it's really connecting and listening to your inner cues. What are your capabilities and what are your limitations? And really understanding yourself. In the um, food area, um, it's one that is very much like a diet mentality. When people start talking about food, there's a lot of uh, negative feelings about diet and lack. But if you become aware of, of what you're eating and why you're eating something, is it emotional? Does it have, are you trying to smooth, soothe yourself um, to cope with stress? Or are you rewarding yourself uh, for feeling happy? It's very interesting when you work, when you think about the reasons why something is feeling like, okay, I crave to have chocolate or I crave some other food item. You know, what is behind that? You know um, what? In feng shui, there's an answer. If you're craving chocolate or sweets, you're looking for nurturing. Hmm. So it's really about nurturing. And that that's part of uh, the other elements too, is looking at these different types of um, systems that can help us become aware of the reasons why. Well, you know, your whole thing about chocolate, craving chocolate, is f- feeling like you need to be nurtured. I wonder if that explains why so many women in our society crave chocolate, because we're the ones that, for the most part, do the nurturing of everybody else. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. That I would should say be a yes. big industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, chocolate is a big industry. <laughs> and some of us... Uh, contribute more to its financial growth than others. <laughs> you know what I've discovered? I've discovered organic chocolate. <gasps> oh, my uh-huh. God. Uh-huh. Never had chocolate until you had organic. Wow. Oh, yeah. You start getting into the darker chocolate, too. Oh, so good. <laughs> yep. Okay, we could get, have a rhapsody on chocolate. Yeah, one of these we could do a whole show hours. just on chocolate. <laughs> on our, our flame. <laughs> Burning bright. <laughs> so if someone's bored, you know, there are behavioral uh, reasons why you seek out something, you know, popcorn or um, other things to chew. Um and then if you're eating from a physical connection, you, I mean, essentially you're trying to bring your brain and your body together so that um, what you want to do is in terms of not just continue eating just for eating's sake, but really listen to yourself and say, I'm full. Um, in the feeding process or nurturing, we also look at relationships. And relationships, you have a relationship with yourself just like you have with others. And it's so important to take the time to, you can sit and talk to yourself. Other people might look at you a little weird, but um, you can put a Bluetooth on and have a whole conversation and no one will care. (laughs) So it's one where the idea is that really explore your thoughts and and your reactions and um, you'll find your very wonderful person inside there Um, one of the relationship processes is to have take time out and explore too so it's it's important to uh, have a date night out or maybe not a date night but a date day 
uh, you know, you can actually have fun doing things um, sporadically too. Going for a walk. What's a date? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Memory, memory has to like pull that out. What? (laughs) (laughs) And as I explained about the garden, it's it's a uh, way to remember uh, to take care of yourself. You are a seed and a flower potential. Um, and this applies to how you treat others too, so that it's encouraging um, when you have that in your mind as you're relating to others around you, because it will help um, in making sure that your mood is such that you're respecting yourself and others as you relate to them. It's very interesting when you look at the different relationships you have your significant other yourself your business partner your pets your service animals people helping out wherever and however um one thing that is very um it's a it's a it's a test actually but it's one when you're working with somebody and or if you've driven up to a a window like starbucks or whatever and gotten coffee actually Look the person that just handed you the cup of coffee in the eye and say thank you. That person is, is all, and it's very interesting to do this um, repeatedly because what happens is the people that you relate this to, their little light goes on, their flame goes on because you've you've taken the moment or the second. It doesn't take even a moment. It's being acknowledged. There, there's an important respect right there, and. The simple act actually turns on their light. And just think how that would help their customer service. They they wouldn't be in the whole modem of handing the cups out the window. They're in the service potential of taking care of their customers. And a light shine shown, you know, from one to one to one is really a very powerful expression. Totally. I used to be a checker, you know, and I always, of course, I wanted to do the express lane. I was like, 10 items or less. I was like, boom, double it. And I'll still get it faster than anybody else. I was like on it. And it was amazing. (laughs) I know you're surprised by that. Totally shocked. But, you know, people would come through my line and I would, I could go for a couple of hours without anybody actually saying hi. It's like, you know, next, next, you know, it's like, so I actually stopped it and I did exactly what you're saying and it changed everything. So I always had the longest lines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's that whole thing about acknowledging someone else as a person, not as just somebody shoving things on the the, the grocery pathway. store line, you know, to go through or handing you money. And yes, I used to be a checker too. Um, you know, but actually seeing them as an individual person in their own right and acknowledging that, that makes such a huge, huge difference. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we start talking abstracts and, you know, okay, what do you want? What do you want? And one of the real common answers to that is peace in the world. And if you look at all the current events going on, that really seems like a pipe dream. One of the things I decided, though, years ago is that when you're talking about things like that, you can't start from the global. You have to start with the person, with the individual. 
And, you know, back in the 70s with Gloria Steinem and some of those other ladies, they were saying that very same thing. If you want to make change, you have to start with the individual person. And then eventually society changes. You, there's no way to change society really or change how people think from the top down. You have to start with the individual person. And there's a Chinese proverb that actually talks about that. It says, if there's light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. And what we've been talking about for this whole time is having the light in the soul. Letting your light shine. Acknowledging that light in other people. The proverb goes on to say, okay, if there's light in the soul, there's beauty in the person. If there's beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. If there's harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And it really all starts with the choice to allow your inner light to shine forth or squelch it. And when you live life on autopilot or in a rut, you're squelching it. And when you start living life on, on purpose and just acknowledging your own light, being mindful of what you're going through, then it can lead to all these different things. And It's like smiles. They're contagious. Just like yawns are contagious, smiles are contagious. You know, if you smile at one person, they smile back and then they're going to be more likely to smile at the next person they see. And it can be just something that spreads like wildfire. But it starts with one person. It starts with one person allowing their inner light to shine. And you can shut it off. You can choose to live in a rut. Or you can let it turn it on and let it shine. And being mindful in each moment, acknowledging each person as you see them, as you interact with them. So I have a, a challenge for ourselves. Let's come up with a mighty expression so that when we come up to a relationship, whatever that is, ask instead of how are you, do you have your light on? Oh, now that would be interesting. That's a mighty expression because you look at um, how, how, how is your light shining? Uh, and somebody's going to go, huh? But wouldn't that be quite interesting to or, see? If, I like that. How is your light shining? I like or that one. Even more, what can I do to help your light shine? And people are not going to understand it, but let's um, let's start a, a roll here. What is this called? A expression wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mighty a mighty treasure chest of gems. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? A- Janice Joplin said, don't compromise yourself. You're all you've got. I think she nailed it right there. It's like, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Be who you are. Turn your light on. Let it shine bright and loud. Get in somebody. Let it shine in somebody's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Why maybe not? that would be very interesting just to um, try out between this week and next week. And, and when we come back next week, we can... Um, share any moments that we've had. I mean, it, I've tried it more recently because it feels like the time of year that people are thinking in those terms too. And it's is one where people's kind of like, they, you can see their whole system shake. 
and they're they're surprised and then they look at you like double take who's mm-hmm. like you're looking in my eyes you know my eyes are shining <laughs> you know it's it's again where i think it's the time of year but wouldn't it be nice if it was 24/7 all year oh totally totally you know, what would be the ultimate effect of you know a rolled up of you know picture of this <laughs> an explosion of smiles I love it. Go beam it, people. Everybody yep, exactly. go beam. Yep. <laughs> Mighty beam. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. We've had a lot of fun talking about our inner light. And we challenge you to go out and explore and shine your light um, and explain, you know, that you're on a mode. You're shining your inner light. We look forward to having you join us again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a fabulous weekend. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.